right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Uh, today's episode, we recorded this on Wednesday, April 15th in the morning. Uh, I am recording this section right now on Thursday, April 16th. The announcement just came down from the tour on the new schedule. Uh, we talked a lot about the schedule. The memo was circulated to players, and there was uh, it was announced to players on the player uh, the pack on Tuesday what these uh, adjustments w- would be. We are mostly, mostly, mostly accurate at the time of recording. I know we kind of speculate on what's going to happen with the FedEx Cup and everything. Uh, That has been announced now that uh, the Masters and U.S. Open and everything that happens in the fall after the FedEx uh, obviously will not be included in this year's FedEx. So um, if there's anything dated in that, it'll stick out. But just wanted to record this little announcement as to when we recorded the original part and uh, when this is going up. So the rest should be should be pretty accurate. Uh, I want to give a shout out to again our friends at Callaway Golf. Uh, they do this thing called Wedgication Wednesday. It's uh, some sort of playing lessons with Roger Cleveland. The video they just posted this past week on their Twitter is Wesley Bryan and Roger Cleveland teaching you how to hit the low spinning chip. Uh, I I still think about. I know they posted a video maybe a year or two ago with Phil talking about how he hit how he hits fades and draws, and I never understood I, I just don't I never thought about it the way he does which is he never changes his swing he only changes his setup and sure enough this Education Wednesday uh, episode they show Wesley Bryan opening up his stance and opening up his club face to hit a low spinner which like blew my mind I would have thought it would have been the opposite if you wanted to hit it low you would close the club face and close your stance potentially so uh, watching these guys actually walk through how they hit some shots uh, has been a great learning experience for me so I would check that out on CallawayGolf.com uh, I would it, compare and contrast that video with, you know, Wes Bryan's roasting of Tron, and it's going to be, uh, which is on our YouTube channel as well, uh, that uh, you're not going to get any more opposite ends of the spectrum. So uh, without any further delay, let's roll right into the podcast again. Check out the Wedgication Wednesday video on Callaway Golf's uh, Instagram and Twitter feeds, and let's roll on with today's show. Mr. NG Shu is here. Neil? Happy to be here. Tax day is supposed to be tomorrow, right? It's supposed to be today, but it got... Is it the 15th or the 16th? 15th. Always the 15th. Well, it ain't the 15th <laughs> this year, and that's that makes that makes me happy. <laughs> that helps a little this year. TC is here. <laughs> Hello. Hello, He's Solly. Our resident schedule expert. Uh, we're going to get deep into that here in a second. Big Randy is here. Hello, Solly. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. I'm shaking my head at Neil. Sorry. <laughs> what, well, Randy, has, Randy loves tax day. Big numbers guy. I, I celebrate it. Yes, he does. <laughs> We are going to talk, uh, again, there was communication last night from tour officials to the Players Advisory Council uh, on a conference call Tuesday. Basically, the news that the, the PGA Tour is scheduled to come back June 11th through 14th at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Schwab. Schwab. Say it again. Schwab. Schwab. What do we think? What's the reaction to, uh, to this news coming out? Something to look forward to, even if it's uh, a bit optimistic, uh, to borrow a, a soccer announcer phrase, you know optimistic i think optimistic yeah I, I i have a tough time it's like i don't want to get my hopes up like of course i hope that is the case but it it i'm stuck between like 
am I just a fool for, you know, oh yeah, this is really going to be, yeah. you know, this is, this is it. Or I, I don't know. So it's a bit of a weird situation. I mean, I, I think if you look around the whole sports landscape, you know, all these professional leagues are essentially doing the same exercise in terms of like, you know, what, Best theoretically, when can we return? What's it going to look like, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, you know, I think this is like golf iteration, but you know, hopefully it will be reality. I'm not really like reacting because I thought this was like this what was going to happen. This has been <laughs> circulating for quite yeah, some time. Yeah, so so I think I think it's tough to suss out what's actually on the books and and going to happen versus what's just a rumor, um, which is why I don't report this stuff. I guess too. I, I have a couple questions. Sure. Um, how did they decide like Colonial gets to reschedule versus Valspar? So, or, so if you'll notice, Harbor Town, right? Like, why does that? Why does that work? Harbor Town, Memorial, Colonial, those are invitationals. Okay, so those are kind of elevated status events. So, if technically Memorial's the only elevated status event of those, but they're invitationals. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a whole other category. Yeah. So, like, so it's <laughs> another middle manager. Just didn't category. want somebody coming after the, you. The, the tour is so Byzantine, but as I understand it, those get first crack at. Is that? Do you think that's written somewhere? Like legally? Like Absolutely. in the force majeure? Probably. Right? Well, it's probably written into the sponsorship contract. Like same thing with, with Arnold Palmer Invitational, with uh, Riviera. Okay. So they, they have like legal first crack at, at getting a, a spot. Well, yeah. I would imagine it has something to do with, too, this, I, this is pure speculation, but like the size of the sponsorship, right? So RBC also has another event that is getting cancel basically getting axed out of the schedule the canadian open right okay. so that maybe that means that heritage gets some pri- kind of priority because again the tour is I, I would imagine the situation here is we are trying to manage these relationships this is not a you get first call it's like hey how do we we want to keep you for like several years i hope that they're following the same model that mike Wan talked about so hey rbc we're not taking two of your events away like we are going to get you give you one Schwab, I'm not sure. Exa- I mean, it's one of the longest run, the longest run event at the same and spot. For, with like with them being in such a tenuous spot, a couple of years ago, the sure. last thing you want to do is go. Sure, yeah. You know, so uh, nationwide, I, I don't know for the memorial. Yeah. I mean, they also host a, a corn ferry event and in it's, the in and the, it's, the, and Mr. Nicholas. That helps a lot. So, so to answer your question, fuck Valspar apparently. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, I think and, it's no, just I, like that an, makes sense. Anchor I'm not, chilling I'm by not, extension. I think it's Florida. Like you don't want to go to Florida yeah. in June. No, so, I, I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that's the wrong decision. No, no. I was just wondering if there was like a, you know, a manual. There's obviously not a manual for this, but like how I think they're under a pecking order. Yeah, they're thinking through it in a in a pragmatic way so that these conversations are a little easier with sponsors. Like they have a reason to say to a sponsor why they're not getting rescheduled. My second question is, if there's no fans, why had they thought about doing uh, two events the same week? Like if, if Schwab, like now they're rescheduling events, like Harbor Town is three months later. Uh, what if they rescheduled some of the ones that, that like, why, why can't Valspar be opposite of something in the fall? Because then you're kind of stealing from Peter to pay Paul. Like there's only so many guys, you know, granted opposite field events are against, um, you know, WGCs because those are limited field. Right? But then if you think about all the guys, like, you, All you these events, fill the field. there's not 300 You're guys. You're saying you could not fill, fill a field. No. Well, I'm saying something would be better than nothing, though, for some of these tournaments. Like an opportunity, like wouldn't Valspar say, sure, I'll take it, even if it's going to be like fringe corn fairy guys. Like it's not, not if the price tag is blah, 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 million dollars, unless you're getting like the mega discount on that. 
you would not be heavily incentivized to do that because you're if you're getting the the fringe guys that's that's a that that like puts your tournament way down the pecking order you know what i mean like that's a that 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 hurts you prestige wise in the tournament i would imagine yeah, they, they may have insurance policies too okay yeah, so quite that, honestly yeah I, I don't that's pure speculation too but you know if if it's between running a an event with like not good names versus cashing an insurance policy maybe you know maybe okay. the decision keep is. in mind too they've already can't like Valero, RBC, Heritage, like it, it's actually interesting. They technically canceled RBC Heritage, didn't postpone it. Hmm. So it's listed on there, even with this recent news, still as canceled versus like Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. I know, Randy, you're a big fan of that one. I am. That's the opposite field event versus the match play, typically. That one is postponed. Okay. Match play is canceled. Match play is canceled. Okay. It's interesting to see canceled versus postponed. Um, also interesting, AT&T, Pyron Nelson, RIP Trinity Forest. They announced yesterday that they're going to TPC Craig Ranch for the next five years. That's that's a shame. I f- Trinity Forest just never got uh, the right conditions or the right... They weren't given know, a lot of runway. Yeah. Yeah, it, but you, ta- you talk to people from Dallas, it's just like not a pleasant yeah. tournament experience. It's hot. It's... You know, far away from, I guess, the normal golf areas. Um, Sorry, the one thing on this subject that it seems like would have to be a consideration is, and it's playing out in real time, things are fluid, of course, uh, is just who has authority to uh, bless these events, for lack of a better word. Uh, So whether that's a state governor um, and, you know, state governor X, perhaps like not signing off on allowing a sporting event like this. You, you know, I, I think those are considerations as well, um, which a lot of those, que- you know, you, you can guess on some, but, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to get final answers there. Like like the ones that jump out to me where it would be somewhat in question would like be Detroit. a place like Connecticut, uh, Detroit. Yeah. yeah. E- even Ohio, I mean, with how stringent those uh, – Governor DeWine's been um, up there. So I don't know. It's just another <laughs> yeah. wrench in, in the plans potential. For me, the the most interesting part of it all is is looking at how they'll structure the actual competition element of it and seeing, all right, you know, everybody who has their card this year keeps their card next year. This is, I think this is rumored, but this is, I've heard pretty consistently for the last few weeks. Everybody that has their card now will keep their card Anybody that you like your card, you can keep it. Exactly, <laughs> which I think most of these guys like their cards. <laughs> um, you know, you can improve your status through good play. I think they'll probably add a category or something. But otherwise, like you know, the guys that have their card for the 2019-2020 wraparound season will also have their card for the 2020-21 wraparound season, and then from there, reach around, reach around. Sorry, and then from there, the you know nobody will get promoted from Corn Ferry, regardless. Like. Whether they play those events or not, they'll basically just loop those into a massive 2020-2021 yeah. and then do do their 25 regular season, 25 web finals. So, so the Corn Ferry Finals next year in 2021 could be like the ultimate sweepstakes. Yeah. While you were saying that, for guys who want on tour, do you think they'll get – does this season count as one of their two years of – That's a great question. question. I think um, – I don't. I, I would think, think you've if it's one give mega them season, some sort of credit yeah. with that, and then you know, how do you do major medicals, or how do you do, you know, the tour is basically paying out of pocket for like guys who 
are on corn ferry with health insurance and all that. Like there's just so many downstream ripple effects here and there. Yeah. Another, another maybe dumb question, but it's for something like the Schwab or when these tournaments come back, what do you think? Do you think there will be, uh, how do they do the signage? Like, will there be corporate hospitality so they can put up the, you know, Schwab banner? I think no hospitality, yeah. but they could do just signage. Like big, big yeah. fencing basically. Like it's, the signage is, yeah, for TV purposes, really, anyway. Yeah. So I think they'll still be. That's a good question. Yeah. What if guys are backstopping just helps, off of signage? <laughs> no, but it helps because it's it's got to be much less to put the tournament on, which yeah. is what I was getting at with the yeah. like I, I yeah. you know the ep- economics of it. I don't know, but like to be able to put on a, if you're saying it devalues something like Valspar well, if you run it opposite. So but a at lot the same of the time, value, it's like at least I got to do something. But a lot of the value comes from I again. I would imagine a lot of the value comes from your television impressions, right? Yeah. And if you are second fiddle tour event, where is that even going to air? Like, I don't even know if golf channel is not capable of, uh, on Thursday, Friday of airing two different tournaments. I don't think. Sure. Um, they do for the WGCs. It's usually like I, they figure something out. It's usually different time zones and you can kind of cross match that. But I, yeah, it's, it's not, not a lot of people are going to be tuning in for a second yeah. billing. I guess part of my, my thinking there was, Golf channels hurting like just like everybody else. All these networks are because they don't have live sports for three months. Would they want? Would they want to cover a tournament like that because it could be an opportunity to make up some revenue, like an opposite opposite field? Yeah. Well, they're going to be covering the other one too, though. Is the thing they, they and it's expensive yeah. as hell to have a whole crew travel somewhere, and yeah, and they they're cutting personnel as it is. And sure. then also, okay. you know, I think it's it's. I'm not sure there's that many sponsors and advertisers lining up right now yeah. as it is too so you know it's kind of i think it's just like let's figure down. some events out and like again that's it, to randy's point too it's just like it's this is all like super best case scenario yeah. like, i'm kind of surprised that they're not going to do anything here in jacks at at, at uh, tpc that would seem like a really easy like layup all the infrastructure it, in place. it's coming down though it's been coming down for a Wait, while like but just as far as for to stage an event, not yeah. not like for fans and stuff, yeah. but just you know, there's places. There's a basically a hotel on site for players. There's there's all sorts of you know. There's been events over there the last couple of weeks. Guys have been doing like two day events, four hundred twenty dollar buy ins, and a lot of pros have been you know, sixteen pros assimilating and playing a two day tournament and stuff. It's yeah, the tours like been somewhat involved in the organization of it and stuff. It's kind of it's. I mean, guys are staying trying to stay busy. Well, then here. they're gonna they'll have to test. I guess they're going to test all the players that play in the at least the first four events. They're going to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars testing them. Uh, no support staff, as I understand it, other than caddies. God. What are the what are managers going to do? What are the managers going to do with their? How, what are the players going to uh, do without the managers? Their uh, Bluetooth earpieces in. And <laughs> Can you imagine around? how efficient the range sessions are going to be <laughs> when you don't have just like a. Not for Bryce. Endless amount of people. What's Bryce going to do without the towel? Bryce's got a whole team. And the water man. The dew man. The spritzer. Unbelievable. (laughs) And then, yeah, media. I mean, what are we uh, like? Is is media going to be. I would have to think media is allowed. They're going to want exposure on the events. But they're going to have to test media then, too, right? Yeah. And then, like, all right. So, so if you're testing everybody, what are you going to do? Like, when guys are traveling in or, you know, there's no way to isolate everybody in a in a different city each week 
and have them not come into contact with the general public. Yeah. See, I was like optimistic when we started this, and now just talking about it, I'm like, dude, this is there's just like no fucking way. And do these guys all want to get on planes every week? Like that's the thing too. It's like I I don't know. People be coming from different countries too. Uh, that you know. Yeah maybe- the the fact that you know the the argument of like golf, you play it out over such a big piece of land. You know, it's it you can stay distant. Is kind of offset by like we're traveling literally from city from hotspot to hotspot over like even in the first you know I, I, few yeah, weeks yeah. like you're going up to Connecticut you're going it's like gee, I don't know it's like do you want all these guys rolling into Hilton Head or there's a bunch of old people <laughs> you got to yeah. test them every week right I mean yeah, I would think if to. you fly yeah. if you travel you're coming in contact with other people if you're eating out while you're here and even the most I know we everyone's taking precautions but even like the most innocent transaction can transmit the virus so. we were texting about it last night it's it this whole like potential new schedule does does feel more like the tour of old you know where it's it's a it's a true you know it's kind of some of those middle tier events um you, know, you got travelers you got so like the old greater hartford open you've got john deere right there in the in the thick of it like getting better fields getting all that i think i think that's a cool well in that in that vein what if they said, well, nobody can fly. Everybody's got to like hitch up the Winnebago <laughs> like, like Mr. Palmer used to do and, and everyone's cool. caravan and you know, it's like, it's like the traveling circus again. That would be sweet. Or they're chartering point or they're chartering a big, yeah. you know, I'm sure you could, you could find a deal on a 767. Yeah, they, should the, they should get the, the, uh, like tour buses like bands do just, you know, like, all right, shack up fellas, you know, we're going to keep you isolated. Let's take a quick uh, a quick break while we uh, while we have the opportunity here to thank our friends at Herbal Active U R B A L A C T I V. You've heard me mention they are offering a three pack for fifteen dollars of hand and surface sanitizing spray. Can't get that at your local store. Uh, and while you're there, you, obviously you want to be sampling their many of their CBD products that they're offering. And in this time, uh, this weird quarantine time, whatever you want to call it, they're offering a new discount, twenty five percent off. That we're extending on to our followers promo code NLU20. Uh, that's until April 30th. You can get 25% off all of your CBD needs. Neil, you're going for it right now. Yeah, it's a good reminder. I didn't take it this morning. Tell I us about it. What do you do? Well, real quick, Sally, I think you said NLU20. 25. NLU25 NLU is 25. the discount code, Sorry, just I, to verify that. Randy, you're feeling extra generous. 25% yeah. off? It's that's the strap discount right there. Neil's using how many milligram drops right now? Uh, I got the 750. 750, that's what I use. That's my that's the, my standard go to. Four or five on the tongue, and uh, or in the coffee, uh, keeps you between the mustard and the mayo. And you do it before bed as well. Uh, not not every okay. night. Okay. Uh, I know TC is more of a before bed guy. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm a post dinner. Post dinner. Yeah. yeah. Help you just kind of chill. Yeah. Uh, like I, I have to have the coffee, but sometimes it gets me too jolly, as yeah. you could probably see from me interjecting with all the questions. Uh, oh, that's great. So now that's that interview. I've taken the herbal active, maybe I'll cool off a little bit. Well, tell us about your music, your jam sessions. You guys have been having up here. Uh, well, the Pie Man and I—that was on our Instagram. We've been, uh, yesterday. yeah, getting deep in the uh, in the scene, trying to stay entertained and busy during quarantine. Uh, the neighbor finally came over and said <laughs> things were loud. He's working from home these days, so we're trying to we're trying to compromise and find a that was a good coming. time of day. To, that was that coming, was coming for, for sure. I tried to soundproof the studio, but listen, we were just going hard on Jimi Hendrix. Uh, it, you know. We're shutting the studio down. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's been fun and. Uh, yeah, we we mixed in Herbal Active on the on that the social cool. story, which was fun too. Was well done, Sally. So, you mentioned the the strap discount. Is this is this equivalent to the locals discount that they got out in California? That was we need to talk about that. I was waiting for somebody to bring it up, but 
Listen, we, we did not trade on NLU's name. Before we, before we do that, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V, <laughs> NLU25 for your discount code. Please do it. I've heard a lot of great feedback from people on it, and uh, they're thrilled with the, with the partnership and everything. So thank you for everyone that supported Herbal Active during this time. But yeah, let's explain the local rate. Uh, well, no, we walked, if you walk in and Explain what, it's from the beginning, from the top, what, what, what are we even talking about? Well, Randy was in the pro shop. I was no, actually, we, we where, where, a, where are we? series are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about <laughs> straps, uh, LA. So it's, uh, season six, Southern I guess. California, Southern California, not LA, right? Orange well, County. Well, we get, we know we work our way up to North of LA. Oh, okay. So okay. it's, it's Southern California. We're at San Clemente, uh, municipal golf course down in San Clemente. I think I'm saying that right. Delightful spot. Yes, Looks it was. Great. And so two things I want to mention. One, we got the local rate. We played with uh, Brendan Thomas, who is a local, and we were in the pro shop. Randy was in there, and they were like, yeah, you know, like a, a kind of a as a muni tends to do, yeah, sure, you guys are locals for the day. And I also heard from some comments in the YouTube channel that they never ask anyway. Like everybody gets the local rate. Like I, some guy said, like yeah, they never they never look at your ID. So it's just kind of like that's what it costs. Well, no, to piggyback, the the tea time was in our name. Uh, we for four people, Neil and myself, and DJ and Brendan. And I went into the shop and I said, you know, Big Randy, <laughs> one o'clock or whatever it was. And she said, Oh, uh, are you guys playing with Brendan? I said. Yeah, he's our fourth. He's he's in our tea time. She said, oh, well, I'm going to give you guys the local rate. Brendan's here all the time. I said, really? That would be absolutely wonderful. You know Thank what, guys? She had no idea who we were. We didn't trade on the name. I I, th I think that's well within the strap bylaws. Guys, this sounds like you were on the on the receiving end of a positive rub of the green. Yes. So TC, couldn't have said totally it Totally cool myself. with that. I did want to ask about the... They show up with a local golf celebrity in the area to get a discounted tea time. Not intentionally, though. Yeah, we didn't intend. It sounds like it was about. We're living board. in an intent-based world. That's right. I do want to talk about you guys made some money gambling. I don't want to speak for for Neil, but I think you might have to have a talk with DJ the Narc about that. I, I think I think that's a. Uh, you know what? That, that's but a, if we're that's risking a, our budget, like we're allowed to do whatever we want. Right, but this the is the perfect scenario for DJ to sandbag around. Exactly. It's the Strat Boys. It's the it's the C Suites money that he's losing. Right out of the budget, so he's why not punt this round? Guy. He doesn't well, want to. Hold on, lose. hold on. No, but he's he could easily punt it and then make the content better with that extra thirty dollars, right? He's got a stake in the game. Well, we had, I, I think if you were to shoot him with true serum, he would he would say the content gets better the less money. Yes, we have. and the diner boys kind of beat him up a little bit. And I also say, guys, like we ended up just giving the money right back because we ordered like three Pacificos at dinner. Like <laughs> yeah. dinner got out. We got out over our skis. Like, we were right back on, on pace. Like it's not like we're hoarding the money. Like we end up just drinking it away. So, and that's supporting the local economy. Not, not by paying the local rate. You're not supporting the local, local rates, people that pay taxes. That was their decision. Which, Again, which, our hands were, our hands were, tied. which really, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the state of California came after you for taxes on that $30. They've been known to oh, wow. be aggressive on that. Well, on good thing, thing. Uh, it's not tax day. <laughs> huh? That's tomorrow, right? Yeah. That's anyway, Straps on YouTube. So if, if yeah. go watch it or don't. Thanks go for, check it out. It's a bit, thanks. guys. It's yeah. a bit. Um, you guys want to get to some voicemails? We'd Please. love to. Please. Right. These are in no particular order. Thank you to everyone that called... Uh, one eight three 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 zero Traj, I think is what it is. But uh, here we go. Uh, hey guys, this is Tom calling from Connecticut. Uh, hope everyone's staying 
safe during quarantine. Uh, and just like you guys, I'm coming out of binging some Masters Rewinds all weekend. Um, but I wanted to say I've seen a lot of hate for the 2018 Masters um, just on Twitter and everything. And I got to say, going back to the What If podcast, got to rewatch it because I would argue it's one of the greatest final rounds ever at Augusta. We have Steve. Uh, and what if you didn't clip that tree branch on 18? I uh, just want to get your guys' take on that, all right? Uh, wash your hands. Wash them good. Bye. Great message there, Tom. Thank you, Tom. No one's saying it's not a great rewatch. I think the people at Augusta National are not thrilled with the final result. Hence, the, the, I think I think it's their biggest what if, <laughs> more so than than for us. They're probably like, God, what if, what if Spieth didn't clip that tree? Then we wouldn't have to put the green jacket on on Reed. Well, I just made the point on Twitter. It was like I haven't seen one fist pump from Reed. I don't know what he was wearing on that day. I haven't seen one image in any like we've seen images from Sergio, even Danny Willett, like everyone from the past ten years. If you've like won the Masters, they've shown like you in the highlights. I've not seen one ever since. Like ever since he, I don't know. I don't remember what he did on the 18th green. Which I got is nothing because he's a, he's a complete gentleman, an absolute gentleman. You yeah. know, according couldn't to have been a more of a gentleman so, about it. Looking at the third round, like the the third round leaderboard, you got Reed, McRib, Ricky, Rom, Stenson, Fleetwood, Leishman, Bubba, Spieth, and JT. I mean, that is that might be the best leaderboard I've ever seen before. And we'll obviously turn this over Sans to, cat. to Randy to comment on this. But like Ricky's run at that one, that one was real. 65-67 on the weekend. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, that was, was that a backdoor second place? A little bit, for sure. 65-67 uh, <laughs> adds up to the same thing as 66-66. Just want to give a shout out to Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, no, for, for Ricky's sake, like that was that was probably the, the biggest uh, sweat I think I've had. Ricky wise in a major, but it's worth noting Reed won that tournament. Like, and what I mean by that is he just he was solid. <laughs> he was solid down the stretch, right? It wasn't like somebody choked it away. You know, he just he hit golf shot after golf shot for the last four holes and vaporized Rory, which was. I was gonna say, is this is this where Rory maybe like maybe he got placed in the ICU or something after this but like this is he shot 74 uh he was three back going into um going into the final round and then you know just laid an egg laid an egg 74. yeah 74 i i think this is this would be about about that time when he gets on the radar of he got you know, diagnosed th- things just aren't looking good yeah prognosis is tough <laughs> we caught it late and <laughs> But a lot of people were responding to that, like, well, did he win it? He still won it. It's like, I think you're kind of missing the point. I'm saying, like, Augusta's legitimately trying to bury this. And somebody pointed out, like, all of the thumbnails for the winner. Like, they have the final round. uh, The Masters YouTube channel has the final round broadcast for every Masters basically ever since it's been televised. And the the thumbnail is for everyone is the winner in some form. And the thumbnail for the read one is Faldo and Nance. I cannot read. That's awesome. It's kind of sweet that Augusta's. They're not even trying to hide it. Is the point? Like they don't. They don't say anything, but their actions always speak louder than words, which is which is pretty sweet. Which yeah, there, there was stories going around that you know there was green green jack green suits there, whatever you want to call them, that were like fist bumping when he would miss putts. I, I had forgotten quickly the John Rom shot a seventy five in the opening round, or else he would have been you know his his. Round two through four were exceptional. 
Um, but the Spieth run is what I'll remember the most because that was that was real. That was very real. The shot he hit into 13 off the pine straw. And he still, I thought he was going to make that final putt on the 18th green. And uh, the way he said it too, he's like, if I if I had just hit that green in regulation, the thing was going in. So, and that would have been for 62 and would have tied Reed. <laughs> Same thing with Speed though. Was his second round when he comes out shooting 40 on the front nine after, like I had given him the tournament after the first round. Like, yeah. Oh, this is over. <laughs> he's going to win by. How he's know, only won one Masters five. still is the biggest mystery. I literally looked that up the other day. I was like, how many Masters like Jordan Spieth won? Three, Thinking, right? I was like, am I missing one here? It's like one. I'm like, fuck, man. And it was really? when he was 21. Like, how many yeah. cumulative rounds has he led? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he God, led the yeah. tournament for two straight years until It was seven straight 12. rounds he led after because he went wire to wire in 15 and then led after every round except the final round in 16. He should have... He was beating Bubba in 14 uh, after the seventh hole or something like that. And Bubba just... He didn't make another birdie after that, but... Uh, he just needs to let Greller take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> he, let's see, birdied one, birdied two, birdied five, birdied eight, birdied nine, birdied 12, birdied 13, birdied 15, birdied 16, Jeez. bogeyed 18. So, mm. I agree. It's a great rewatch. That's, I'm, I'm not hating on the 2018 Masters. I, I think it's just just the final result was what not can a lot I, of people Can wanted. I confess, I really haven't watched too many of the of the the uh, replays and everything it just depresses me too much like i, I don't tough. know i just don't want to like once i open that door i just start thinking about what if and and getting sad well you're saying with spieth or with no just, just the masters the masters like just watching the masters last week was see look at it this way though we might get bonus like this little rewatch period would have never happened if they didn't postpone the masters and we're still getting one this year yeah. and then we're going to get another one in four and a half months so that's the way i tried to look at it optimistically but yes, watching guys navigate that course, uh, watching just the golf course evolve over the years and all the all the history elements, just knowing how certain putts break and stuff like that, watching all that over the years has been a, an absolute treat to watch. So, all right, let's watching the course devolve over the years. Yeah, that's adding rough and adding trees is like even it it sticks out even more the more the years go by. So, all right, let's get to the next caller. This is Dickerson Pikes, North Carolina. The year's nineteen ninety seven. 52-year-old Hale Irwin was tearing up the Champions Tour, and then called the Senior Tour. Tom Kite, the Ryder Cup captain, is considering his picks. Hale Irwin's considered, but ultimately not chosen. What I'm wondering is, what would it take in this day and age for a Champions Tour player to make the Ryder Cup? Would he have to win every event? Would it never happen ever again? That's what I'm wondering. All right, Tommy told for life. <laughs> well, I, I would argue I I looked long and hard at putting Bernhard on my on yeah. my team. Um, he would have been a great fit for France. Yeah, like he really would have. I think um, that's what I'm wondering. You know, I think part of the worry is what happens in a team competition with with an anchor man. Yeah, that's true. No. I was going to say, if Longer didn't make it any of the teams the last 10 years, then it's probably never going to happen. There's just no reason for it to happen. Well, look at... Well, what besides about, it'd be awesome. What about... Look <laughs> yeah. at somebody like... like Let's say Furyk comes out and, and splits his time between the Champions and Tour wins, and the PGA. And wins a major. Yeah, wins a, wins a big tournament on the PGA. Just marauds across the Champions Tour. You know, maybe he gets a look. I think to answer the question, Phil would be the answer, right? If he's turning 50 this year, is he technically to become a Champions Tour player? Yeah. I, I don't know. 
It'd be kind of fun if, you know, the Ryder Cup, you, you had to pick one Champions Tour guy. That was kind of like the mid-am that goes on the Walker Cup team? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that idea. That'd be cool. Just to throw a little... I, I doubt you know, they do that. But right, right, <laughs> you're sick, right. You're sick if you had to pick one junior player, too. <laughs> you big talking. junior Ryder Cup guy? The U.S. has been killing it in the junior Ryder Cup. <laughs> I yeah. get hyped about that. Um, no, I, what was... Um, well, Jay Haas, I believe, was like a 51-year-old captain's pick in 2004 or something like that. He was a killer, though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not not so much the 2004 Ryder Cup, which didn't go that well. It was more of an indictment of kind of the status of American golf at that time, which that's that's kind of the overall takeaway. Is like the depth for both sides now is just completely different. I don't know if you guys saw any of the 2016 replay yesterday. I had forgotten some of the people that were on that uh European team. Chris Wood was on that team. Andy Sullivan was on that team. That didn't go that well for the Europeans. Yeah. You know, I think the course setup was bullshit, though. <laughs> Can tend to agree that that seems to be a trend in the last four years. Let's get to the next question. <laughs> hey, guys. This is uh, Ryan, a local caddy at TPC Sawgrass. Just wonder if we get a shout-out for our GoFundMe page. It's called Sawgrass Caddy Emergency Relief Fund. Uh, this is supposed to be the busiest time of the year, and we're we're not working at all. So, um, just wondering if we get a shout out. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Shout out. That's your shout out shout right out. there. There's, yeah, there's, there's, there's one going on for the Bandon Caddies as well. Um, there's one going on for Kiowa Caddies. Yeah. Uh, Outpost Club has their their thing going on. There's there's all sorts of. I know Pinehurst did a big thing. So yeah, a lot of good causes out there. Yep. So if you are, have the means to you know help somebody out a lot with their livelihood uh, we definitely encourage you to um we've got a few causes of our own going on here um which we, we're keeping you guys informed of as well but uh just uh, want to give them a shout out so there you go one more let's go to the next one quentin brown calling from new jersey i just wanted to say i don't understand how tiger woods had 19 hole-in-ones in his first 20 years and only one in the last 20 years it was the most shocking thing i think i've ever heard <laughs> And also, how was he not wearing red yesterday? I was so pumped up to see Tiger Woods. I needed him in red. But uh, besides that, I just want to say I want to get more like Big Randy. I need his spirit flow. I feel like I have some Icarito on the golf course. So, like, I would love to play around with Big Randy because I just need that, uh, that, uh, that flow that he's got on the course. Have a great day. You guys are doing awesome. Thanks for all the content. Oh, thank you, Quentin. I, it would be a real treat to play with you as well. Maybe maybe Quentin could sub in for me. If he's got some Icarito tendencies, it sounds like he'd fit right in. <laughs> yeah. uh, the cat not being in red, that was an upset. I thought he would have been, but I think it kind of goes towards uh, him mailing it in a little bit for that. Uh, um, <laughs> or maybe maybe he takes the red seriously for only golf, yeah. right? Like, what what, what he he's talking match, about though. is the commentary on the Masters. Yeah. For anybody not... Yes, yes, Yesterday, yes. man. Yeah, maybe it was going to cheapen of, it if he wore red. He wore it for the match is what I, what I would say. Do you think the whole the whole <laughs> one question is a good one? Do you think it's because he changed his okay. his, uh, his ball flight? No, this is a 100% tigerism not true thing. Like 100%. I really like comics. The, like this did not happen Can't in any way. Can make <laughs> Just to be clear, his wrist did not pop out of place at the 2015 Masters and pop it back in and play the the remainder of this round. This is one of those things that... Well, so are you going to tell me Santa Claus isn't real? I, I might. The, the Mac Daddy Santa Claus is not well, real. Well, time out. What do you think isn't true, that he had 20 hole-in-ones or that he's only had one since? I don't think... that Whatever... I don't know how many hole-in-ones he's had. There's no chance he's had 19 before 2001 since. Like, I just don't... See, think I believe it. 
I, I think it's I think it's true. I just don't know how that even makes any kind of sense. Well, I don't I don't know if you can the hole in ones aren't things you can really like lie about. Sure, right? yeah, sure you can. I got well, two that I lied Solly's about. Solly's lying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I stay corrected. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of it's one of the, like somebody sent a DM uh, once that was just like, "Hey, you know, I listened to your interview with Tiger. Just so you know, like he never had a paper route. Like in the interview, he claims like he had a paper route to." Go and buy comics. Well, no, but the best part is the, the the he answered a question you didn't ask. <laughs> I asked him what his most underrated skill was. Or like, I just wanted him to be like, yeah, people have. And no he idea. paused and he says, "I really like comics." It's like, <laughs> I like comics. really, really. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna push back a little bit here because he um, he said three in PGA Tour competition. Okay, none after uh, he had he had 96 at the GMO. 97 at Phoenix, the one everybody saw, and then 98 at the at the Sprint International out of Castle Pines. So he's had three. There he hasn't had one since in competition. So that would tend to get his first one at the age of six. So that's four. So this might be in some of the Earl lying about it category. Maybe, you know, maybe he he only counts worst ball <laughs> when, he's, when he's out playing by himself. You know, he... he He's known to play two balls, best ball and a worst ball. <laughs> I just I, I find it hard to believe he has not he's made exactly one since the year two thousand. Like that So that that's kinda of what I was getting at. What yeah. do you find harder he to just believe? made it too, right? So it was at yeah, during the Vegas week or whatever. During the, the match week when he was okay. playing and he went and played with Freddie somewhere during Thanksgiving week. <laughs> um I, I I don't know. I, I find it hard to believe well, that he could play that long and not make it. I don't know. Ends. I feel like I don't. Maybe he doesn't play golf much. I don't feel like I get close to hitting any hole in ones because I hit my ball doesn't roll out when I play. And maybe too high. Maybe the like the ball has changed. The equipment's changed. Maybe he's not getting bounce and roll like you know, like it seems like people that get a lot of hole in ones hit balls that bounce once, twice, and then they roll ten feet. And maybe his game isn't. I mean, he's the cat. His game is yeah pretty malleable. I mean, I, I like what a weird thing to lie about. And, but that's well, what I'm saying. So now, so now highly get back specific. To Sully's original point. That is like so. The point was just like, <laughs> hey, just so you know, like he is, he does this about things that I that I don't think he knows he's lying. I think he just has believed them as truths into existence. So like, yeah, I used to go, you know, have a paper route to go buy comics, and everyone was like, yeah, no, no, there's like no evidence that he ever had a paper route. And the book, the Army Katan's book, Tiger Woods. Uh, Talks about how there were some like playground incidents as a kid that were no, like, I know about those. not yeah. not validated in any way like that are just flat out have been spoken into existence that didn't happen. So all I, I'm saying is that the <laughs> the three in competition plus you know you gotta anticipate. I would imagine he had a few at Stanford. I would imagine because he was probably playing a lot more. Nineteen than is two, a right? lot though. That's that's what I I find that probably harder. I mean, to, ZB, to fathom than ZB's had like. 10 or 11, Zach's dad's had, had more than he can, like, he, yeah. he, he legitimately doesn't remember all of his whole. The only way to explain it is, like, growing up, golf courses hadn't been lengthened yet. He was still hitting it really far. He's playing a lot of junior tournaments, a lot of tournaments that, you know, you're hitting wedges into par threes and those go in. And now, ever since 2000, every par three he ever plays is so many yards, blah, blah, blah. But still, that, I don't know. Annie, Annie was, like, the best. You've made two hole-in-ones in the last three years. You're saying you've made more in the last three years? I've made years? three hole-in-ones in the last two years. What was the third what one? What was the third one? Jack's Beach. 
Oh, that's oh, right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I made a fake hole in one too. You made a fake hole in one. So, so you've made three in the last three years. Tiger Woods has made one in the last twenty. Yeah, but TC had none before that. Yeah, I had none for my first, you know, thirty-two years I, on no Earth. No offense. Tiger Woods is more skilled than TC, so. But that's kind of the thing. Like, there's a lot of it. I know there's randomness to it, but I just I find that balance to be unlikely. I have very, very little faith that that exact count is correct. How about that? That's fair. Twenty is a round number as well. Yeah. Which, which, as Randy has attested to, that that's usually a signal of accounting fraud. That's very good, Neil. You are paying attention. Hell yes. All right. Next question. Howdy. Uh, This is Ryan from Virginia via, or from Orlando via Virginia. Just, I uh, just wanted to say, love the content, love everything you guys have going on. And, uh, you know, I really didn't think about what I was going to say before I called this. So uh, I saw the tweet and, you know, hope you guys are, uh, I wish I could, I wish I could cancel this now that I started it because I don't know what to say. Anyway. I think that gets a big hey, cool man. <laughs> I just love that. I didn't, Orlando, it didn't, thank you for the call. It didn't sound like a bit, is why I actually like yeah. that. But it felt like, oh yeah, I didn't, I don't, didn't think this would all. Listen, the way as someone who also thinks a lot, doesn't think before doing stuff a lot. I appreciate that call. That's the uh, Jim Rome. Hey guys, I, I'm flaming. I'm out. <laughs> hey guys, this is Taunt from Greenville, South Carolina. Taunt? No, you guys won't be there at the BMW Charity Pro-Am this year, which kind of sucks. But anyway, I'm sure you guys tuned in to the riveting game of NBA horse last night. Uh, I'm wondering at what point in time during this quarantine we're going to get to the golf equivalent of that, which I imagine will be two tour pros squaring off in a trackman combine from their basements. So what's the most boring golf content that we could possibly produce during this quarantine? Cheers. Great question. I think we've already seen it. All the trick shots. Get it out. Yeah, don't do not slide into the DMs sending trick shots. It's not our thing. Send it to Big Randy. That's what he's the trick shot. That's Big Randy's thing. Yeah, he's a trick shot. Although I will say the one trick shot I do like is when the people set up the uh, almost like the erector set down the like down the stair, like off the off the plate, down the stairs, hits the dominoes, goes down the pipe, like the happy Gilmore putt through the uh, scaffolding and then you know it goes in a cup at the end and everyone freaks out i, I kind of get a kick out all of right those. send those to at <laughs> inchy shoot send, send, those, send those to me i like those but yeah take it all away take all the trick shots i didn't away. watch the the horse thing was it that bad it can't be good i i think people the reason why, why i want to address this question is i think people way if it's like oh you just throw some drones out there and follow them around it's like you don't want to watch that. Like you don't know what has to go into like actually making video production watchable. And I don't I don't I just don't think streaming like a pros round would be that intriguing. I think we film like a lot of shit with pros and stuff and like we cut out all the bullshit and turn it into like a little 30 minute video. That I think could be more interesting, but there's just there's just a lot of rules well, around I that. I would also say that the horse game, I didn't watch it, but uh, wasn't it like Zach Levine and Paul Pierce? They had a bunch. They were like uh, eight. It was a whole. T- it's a whole tournament. So yeah. they had sixteen people. Randy's boy. WNBA, NBA. Trey Young NBA. was in there. I yeah. know you're a big Trey Young guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's your boy in Atlanta. Uh, but but it's it's like Solly said. It, it's not being professionally produced in the sense that they have to film themselves. Like they have to get a friend or a spouse to like film them on a like phone. 
and then that gets fed to ESPN, and like you get two of those plus the guy in the booth kind of facilitating the conversation. It, it just isn't like you know two people show up to the gym with this whole camera crew and play horse. Uh, so it was a little choppy. I enjoyed honestly, like I, I watched a couple matches. I, I probably enjoyed just the banter or the almost the interview of the people more so than like oh my god look at that shot because right. you know it's it's not like they're hitting like amazing shots or anything I, the overall point don't leave it to golf to come up with something that's going to crush it here like this will it will get watered down there's tour rules around all this stuff like staging competitions and all this stuff so the agents will get involved the tour is going to get yeah you you can't like it's just not likely for like ricky to go take his phone out there and stream his left-handed match against jt like it's just not it's not like a realistic thing so well what would you say would be worse is there any other nominations for what could be the worst golf content worst golf content i don't know we may make it in the next two months though, if we, stay in <laughs> you know. we don't want to ruin any surprises well, yeah. <laughs> they'll know it when they see it <laughs> well said I don't, I don't know about you guys i've kind of enjoyed the old rewatches and stuff because like we would never do this otherwise like these moments just kind of get lost to history and just even watching to. the final round of the the rider cup the other day was just kind of like oh yeah like I kind of forgot. I was there, and I forgot all this stuff happened. And I, I like the Masters ones when I was doing like research for the Greg Norman pod. When I kind of had a purpose for them, they were they were interesting because yeah. then it was like anything extra was like, oh man, look at that guy's outfit. Like I had kind of a reason to be there, um, but I don't find myself turning it on. Uh, right, you a, wouldn't seek it out. Yeah, exactly. There's uh, a ton of value in just having something playing on TV. I wish there was more, like early '80s. Even just all '80s stuff, I feel like that's a big blind spot. They don't. It's kind of caught between being classic golf and being more recent, exciting. Like it's I don't know. That's kind of a blind spot for me as far as seeing replays and stuff. And I wish they'd put more of an emphasis on that. I want the '79 players, the one at Sawgrass Country Club, the one that Lanny won. That was just complete chaos and like dudes like had a mutiny in the clubhouse afterwards because the golf course was too hard. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, some stuff I'm uncovering for the the Kiowa pod that I'm working on is, uh, but the '91 Ryder Cup was supposed to be at PGA West, but it was an '87 players had circulated, signed and circulated a petition to not play that golf course again because it was too hard. I'm, in the spirit of no bad ideas, maybe we should do a, a a pod about like the lost podcast, like courses where like we've lost it, like it's gone, like over par us opens like like when when it just got totally out of hand and and like the highest highest four round totals ever and what happened anyway we can randy spirit cool. died with that no no, it's, no let's with, discuss it with the us open with the us open no longer being over par oh, your spirit sure. died yeah 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 so all right next caller hey paul this is aubrey from jackson mississippi long time listener first time caller I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on who was uh, who was hurt the most by the canceled tournaments. Sure, Terrell Hatton just coming off a win, but how about that McKenzie Hughes uh, back-to-back 66 on Saturday and Sunday? I didn't know if you guys had heard about that yet, but uh, I just wanted to let y'all know and get y'all's takes. I'm going to hang up and listen now, Paul. Thanks. Roll Tide. <laughs> I just had to get the Hey Paul in there. I would say who was uh, who was hurt. I don't know. A lot of guys playing well. Like, um, are you hurt? or Are you injured? You know, I mean, Hideki shot sixty three at the players. That 
That sucks. Yeah. Like to get wiped out, that really sucks. <laughs> I'd say who was hurt the most? Probably all the guys on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah. The whole year where there's no one getting promoted from that. Yeah. And, you that's know, it's going to get populated on that tour very quickly then with a lot of talent. Yeah. That hurts the most. And the guys that were, you know, banking on getting a ton of starts in the remaining portion of the year that probably aren't going to be able to get in fields. And, what do guys do? I guess there's not going to be Q school this year. What do guys do that they are graduating from college? A, they didn't get to play in the NCAA's, and then B, they're graduating from college. They can't go to Q school straight off. Yeah. Well, the college those guys are allowed to play another year. I think is golf technically a spring sport? Because I know it, it encompasses is, the fall. But as I well. know you know I know some some athletic departments are petitioning to be you know not like I know Wisconsin it's, said hey we're not going to do it for. For, yeah, for it's, not, it's, it's not. It's not. They. It's essentially available should the player and the school like mm-hmm. both agree to it. It, it. Like the school is not forced to. I don't believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. But those players could transfer somewhere else, or you know, they're. But yeah, that's that's a good question. I don't know. I think, for better or for worse, for a lot of people that are on the fringes of pro golf, our mini tour guys are trying to get status on Latino America Canadian Tour. I think this will likely end a lot of careers. I think a lot of people that were kind of, you know, if they don't even have that op- playing opportunity, then I don't know how long people are going to stick in pro golf. And the volume of that number of guys is unimaginable. It is There's just so, so many of those guys, and I think that is going to get weeded out some. So. I'd say also, uh, you know, think about maybe somebody who qualified first time for the senior am or the women's senior, like, like so many people like that who may have like first time ever looking forward to this big event and it gets wiped out, canceled, not, you know, four ball too. And there's, yeah, there's no guarantee that they will be part of any other ones in the future. So, which feels like, God, just make those, make those spots. Yeah. I I, get him into 2021. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't understand just completely wiping out last year's four ball, but I'm sure that there was a – well, like what if you can't qualify again this fall? So like why wouldn't you just keep those qualifications for 2021 when they have the four ball there? So who knows? All right, next question. Hey, guys, I had a question for the group for the podcast. Uh, what course would you guys like to see host a major that has not already hosted one? Thanks. Bye. Definitely Canadian guy. Right? I was going to say that's Canadian, right? <laughs> Well, I, I wanted to take that, you know, not to just completely interpret his question, but like this unique situation where we could have fanless majors. What course could it go to that it couldn't normally go to? Like, what's a course that sticks out that'd be like, whoa, I want to see that major go there? Because we're not going to worry about fans. Where could we go? Riviera was, was batted around as a U.S. Open because small, you know, smaller yeah. confines and all that. They don't have the room for the logistics, I guess, for a current major. What about a course like total blind spot for me, but everybody talks about like a Seminole? That'd be like is it long? Would, let's it, dream. It, I agree. It, like it's unrealistic. The, I just don't think the membership is would promote something like that. But let's dream, and I mean, that's kind of where I want to go. There, right? They are. That's true. Yeah, Pasa Tiempo. Yeah, that's Pasa would be Cyprus fun. is where I went. I mean, I don't know how how great that would be for pros to play, but like they, I'd even say Bandon. Bandon. Like I think a from a viewing experience. Having some some uh, coastline is awesome. Uh, it look, would look great on TV, and also the West Coast prime time would be great. Yes, I think Pine Valley is the the number mm-hmm. one U.S. Open one for like you just they, 
the logistics of that you couldn't support fans in that. There's just nowhere to walk. Like it's tree, it's tree, it's wide, but it's tree lined. And to watch the pros play that, like in September, in firm ass conditions, that would be that would be the best. That'd be the greatest. That while uh, wonderful water golf from Shells is still like from like 1962 is still like appointment viewing. So that'd be number one for me. Well, fellas, it's your boy Trax from Philly. Trax. Uh, yeah, man, this shit is crazy. They locked down all the courses. People are getting fined for walking on courses left and right. I got a buddy of mine that went down to Delaware because Delaware still had courses in play. He got fined $500 for being in the state of Delaware. Shit is crazy, my man. But I got two rounds in last week in Delaware. Um, are you guys superstitious at all? Like, what do you keep in your pockets when you play? Like, I'm a left-handed golfer. And, uh, you know, my left pocket, I'll keep my tees. My right pocket, I'll keep my ball marker and uh, $1 bill. And then in my back pocket, I'll keep my scorecard. Do you guys keep certain things in your pocket when you play around? And marijuana, are you in or are you out when you play around? I'm a J man. I have about one or two J's around. Love to hear your responses. Stay safe. Lefty Trax out. Good morning, Damon. Thank you, Trax. God, that's invigorating. Thanks, Trax. We need that guy calling every week. That was, that was fantastic. Are you guys superstitious? I try to have my St. Rapio coin in my pocket. I never thought of it as superstitious, but I do always have the same stuff in the same it's pocket. More, it's more because of efficiency. Yeah, I try to keep, kind of the I do try I to do keep things. the keys in the left pocket and the uh, ball marker in the right. Um, See, I'm opposite, but yeah. And yours, your way makes more sense, but I, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you're fumbling around between the tees for the ball marker, which is no fun. Um, I'm not, not superstitious Or the jewel in the left pocket and everything else in the right. Sure. You never know. I don't think it's superstitious, but I'm I am Creature particular. Yeah. I'm particular. Like I have to take my glove off between every shot because I don't want really? getting I don't want like getting more sweaty like moisture issues. Well, of course, yeah, glandular uh, issues. No, <laughs> no more Garcia Parra over here. I don't want it getting you know more sweaty and wet than it than it needs to be. Well, the real question, Randy, are you a player? <laughs> oh yeah, where are you gonna ignore his? Oh, yeah. I, I am not a player. Can you explain Good. the backstory it's of the player? The law. Uh, so that comes from my first. Uh, really, my first day working up in northern Michigan at a golf course, I uh, joined some some folks for a uh, post-work round, and we get to the second tee. Guy pulls out, like, a huge uh, a huge bowl and just, like, turns to me and goes, are you a player? <laughs> um, I've never felt so much peer pressure, but <laughs> I am, I'm not I, – I can't – I've taken to not drinking on the golf course either. I, I just don't enjoy playing golf uh, – like in an altered state, I guess. We're playing real golf today. Exactly, because right? we're trying to post a score. We're trying to hit cups. <laughs> 18 <laughs> cups, baby. I would say can you know can go either way, but I don't. I can't smoke before I tee off. It's usually like the the fourth hole. You got to get. I got to get into a rhythm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna touch up at all. Uh, and then it's hit or miss. Touch then up. then is it gonna you know is it gonna completely tidal wave me and wreck <laughs> things? Or in, in some cases, it's like the microwave man comes out and you're like, whoa, I'm feeling. I'm feeling feeling good, you know. So it's it's kind of uh, I can go either way. I've never understood. Sorry, this is derailing a little bit, but like I used to meet people who claim they could play basketball like high, and I'm like, I, I don't understand how you function doing anything, let alone athletic activities. But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I've I yeah, I don't I don't partake when I play typically, unless it's like. You know, one of those sunset rounds where I'm not—I'm just out there trying to 
trying to vibe. I, you know, we have taken taken some edibles before uh, certain rounds at coastal <laughs> places, banned in Pacific. Dudes oh my god, dude! <laughs> I was that was that was a spiritual experience that day. <laughs> that was. You guys, had but that's a, that would be an example of when it went the wrong way. I was I was two under through. We're in the middle of the fourth fairway, and Sally, you went live on Instagram, and I was right down the middle, <laughs> and like it was just like edible hit, and I just absolutely queef one in the ocean. Well, we had played Pacific Dunes that morning, and I had had a good round. I had a, I got a really good back nine. I shot like seventy one or something, and you guys were like, "Oh, you got to like go for the course record. You could do it this afternoon. Like, go take it deep." I was like, yeah, okay. You kind of pumped me up, and I went to go do it. I birdied the first hole, birdied the third hole, and then I made. I, I started fucking up, and I started getting like kind of pissed about it just because like, I had set the expectations. I didn't know you guys were zooted out of your mind. And like, I just remember trying to be like, dude, man, you just got to forget about it. <laughs> dude, and then the fog. And he's and never the, said that anything like that And then the before. fog rolled in, yeah. and, and the waves were like there were sets just firing out there so the soundtrack yeah. was going it was a it was a kind of a surreal yeah round. coming around 10 11 12 was like whoa yeah. this is cool yeah so thank you tracks yeah, you know great question please keep calling all right next caller hey this is mary lynn and jason wilhite from arlington virginia we've been waiting around for a year for our golf course to open and it's being designed by tom doke which is pretty cool but um we're still waiting it opens this week which we're really excited about that's not what I'm calling, though. Um, we <laughs> have heard a lot about the C-suite. We've also heard about your marketing department. But Jason and I wanted to know if there's who's running HR, and have you had anyone who's been on a performance improvement plan over the last year? Thanks. Bye. Mary Lynn, I can take that. Uh, this is Neil as head of HR. Um, we have had a few reports. Uh, Randy, he's, he's overslept a few meetings. Uh, which has been, you know, discussed internally. You know, we had to we had to write them up for it. But otherwise, I think everybody pulls their weight pretty well. I think I've created a hostile work environment a couple times. TC may have may have done. Uh, you know, he, he can be a little confrontational. So we we've had him. We've brought in an outside a third party consultant to help with with anger management. Um, but appreciate the question. I think you know we're we're still growing. We're moving fast, and and I think some of the HR structures, um, you know, we we need to get those in place. It's a group project. It's kind of what it, it's a college group project, but it's also a real life business. So, yeah, we never officially like defined everyone's roles. Everyone just kind of fell into roles and kind of has a general assumption is what they should do. But that's kind of, uh, yeah, it's it, it's not formalized. It's kind of, I don't know, I have a, a real point with that. Yeah, I think we make most decisions as a group with everybody having some latitude in their in their lane. It helps having you down here a lot. Well, like all five at once. Yeah. That's good. Everybody knows they can't act up when the head of HR is in, That's exactly in right. the office. So everybody's on their, on their P's and Q's when I'm in Jack's. Randy's stopped sexually harassing me that since is. Neil's come down here. You're, come on, You're man. a bad guy. That, all right, next caller, next caller. Hey, this is Michael from Indiana. Here's the thing. We know a pro golfer would beat any of us any given day of the week out on the course. My question is, which pro golfer would be the worst to lose to? I'm not talking about their personality, what they're like. I'm talking about just their game. Watching them hit the ball around and kick your ass would just be demoralizing. Mine's Kucher. I can't, I can't watch that wipey fade just kick my ass all day. How about you guys? I mean, Sally, you, we still need to set up that Martin Trainer match. To be very clear, these are not my <laughs> words. This is not. Is, is not, he ducking you? Not my belief that I think I could beat Martin Trainer. It was a statement made by someone else, but 
No, any pro golfer. And what was that? Because he just gets hot, but then he's the microwave man. Has a tendency to to play horrible for long stretches. For most of the time, he's not very good, and then can hit like levels that people can only even dream of. I would say, you know, the the answer is is probably like Chez, right? Like, a lot of respect for Chez, but it's kind of like how you know, it's kind of like when DJ is like whooping my ass in a match. I'm like, God, how's this guy? How's he beating me right now? You know. Because I'm getting myself into a ton of trouble, obviously. But I think mine would be Zach Johnson. See, <laughs> I would have said like similar answers. The little bit of tournament golf I played this year, I have more and more respect from the dudes that do it without overpowering courses. It's almost like actually that's really true. So I think Lanto would be my I, that's Lanto, I'm yeah. more along the the line the the guys that I've played with that truly slap it around. So like ZJ and Chez, I would say, are guys that, I mean, obviously they play on tour. Like they know where it's going. They hit it straight and sh- it's not far, but like the the way those guys play is like, oh my God, you don't have to be gripping the club 10 out of 10 tension and swinging out of your shoes all day. It's like make the ball go there and then make it go there. And if you have seven iron in the green, that's not the end of the world. That is what has taught me the most about golf in the last couple of years. Now, there are dudes I've played with that don't hit it far and slap it around and just like find ways to make pars. And, you know, you feel like you flush it for a while and make a couple of mistakes. You look up at the end of the day, you shot 72 and the other guy shot 71. It's like so demoralizing. You're Guys like, that I have, get up and down from anywhere, pro or not, are it's, it, oh man, it's tough. Freddie Yock. Yeah, I don't, so I don't know who the answer to that is, other than like that style of slapping it around and yet still making a ton of pars and not never making a huge mistake drives me. I think nuts. every time we play with Huber, it's like God, dude, like you're, you're like you're cheating. <laughs> you're hitting it so far, and you know. But but I I did gain a lot of respect for Huber when we played at Pinehurst number two with him. That was one of the more disciplined. Like interesting rounds, I think I've ever witnessed. He didn't know where the bodies were buried yet. That's true. Mm. I always remember you saying Stu Sink. You would oh. get pissed at Stu Sink for just babying the ball around the he, golf course. He, yeah, he could be such a like a dominant player, and he just just you know kind of hit that little baby fade, and yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just ugh. see, like I think you could watch follow Cooch around for a while, watch him hit it, and realize he's a flusher. Like he. Like it hits the ball really, really yeah. freaking good. It doesn't look pretty. The swing doesn't look pretty, but, but, but ugly looking swings don't bother me as much as just like duck hooky ball flights and just slappy. I was just saying Zach Johnson just because he's such a cheese dick. Yeah, that could be. I think personality wise, yeah, we could go a lot of different ways. With Next that. topic. <laughs> All right. Olive Lowe from The Refuge here. A long time listener, first time caller. You know, I've been sitting here for a couple of weeks. I haven't gotten any practice in, haven't barely even getting swings in. Uh, what are the pros doing uh, during this time? And, and how do you guys feel that the, the first, what do, you, what, what do you guys feel the first start's going to look like? Thanks. I'll hang up on this. Seems like a lot of them are, have shut it down a little bit, at least. Just saying, hey, like it's not worth grinding right now when I know. Because you're going to have plenty of runtime yeah. like, to get. Like, if you know this tour's not starting now before June, like, that's two months away. Like, if you want to ramp it up, weeks three, out, yeah, right? you have all the time in the world. I think guys are going to hit the ground. If anything, hit the ground more focused because of how shortened everything's going to be. And like they've had their off season, they've cl- they've craved this off season. I think I think there's going to be a lot of golfers that come back and be like, yeah, you know that off season thing. I'm kind of good. Like, we don't need that. I wonder if year. it works for them. Like when I don't play golf for three months, I usually the first one or two rounds I go out, I'm like I play awesome because yeah. I'm not thinking. I don't have nine swing thoughts in my head. Yep. And I wonder if it works the same for a pro. That's a good question. 
I, that would be an interesting one to ask them. Yeah. Like get, when they come out and just like basically let the body take over. Mm-hmm. All right. This is Ben from Baltimore. Quick question. Uh, who do you think has more future career wins? Jordan Spieth or Victor Hovland? Thanks. Be safe. I'm going to go Spieth. Spieth. Yeah, Spieth. I think this break might help Spieth more than anybody. I was going to say, I still believe in Spieth. I do too. too. I, I, do I think too. he's he's going to make a triumphant comeback. The question made me think. He's only 26. Yeah. It may, and it's been three. It's It'll be three years this July since this last win. I think the answer is still Spieth, but I think Hovland's going to win a lot. Maybe, maybe the real question is who has more career wins or who, who has more wins in the future, Greller or Hovland? Maybe the most important question. What happens with the 2020 Fred X Cup? It's going to just, it's going to be a mega Fred X Cup or Fred, Fred X Cup 2020, 2021. Okay. All right. If you want to just delay the inevitable, that's fine. Next. If anything, it gives What's us up, more fe- chance. Could What's be. up, fellas? Reed here in the Great White North, one of your Canadian listeners. Uh, we always talk about how caddies are great players in their own right. I'm just wondering if you guys have ever heard stories of caddies that just are absolute horrendous golfers or they don't even play the game at all. I think it'd be interesting if there's a guy that just hated golf but just trucks someone's bag around the course. Uh, other than that, this could be a hot take. Um, some could say I'm flying close to the sun with this take, but uh, Icarito is NLU's greatest asset. So, Neil, for a plug like that, I'll expect a merch package in the mail. Thanks. Well, listen, we're not doing that. Quid pro quo. I, I got to admit, I didn't hear the back end of that when I put that. I would not have played that <laughs> if I had heard well, that. Thank you, Reed. I appreciate it. Uh, well, listen, you know, get at me at the DMs. Maybe we can get you a discount code. Do God. we know of anybody that, that's a really, really shitty player in their own right? I mean, no offense to, like, Maddie, but he's like a 20 handicap, right? Maddie, if you go out and play with him, okay. he's, he can hit shots. Like, Maddie's a former scratch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know guy. who comes to mind? He's not a, I don't think he was a bad golfer, but... Uh, Jimmy Hardcase caddy was an engineer at Boeing and just decided he just like retires like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore and just became a caddy mm-hmm. and just drives around in a van from, from tour stop to tour stop. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know if he's if he's bad, though. I don't think he was a bad golfer. I, I think to answer the question, there's a lot of shitty players. on Like not all caddies are good players. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I think they make it a point to pick. He's actually a great player in his own right. But there's there's plenty of guys out there that – Was Kessler good? No, he was terrible. But he, he, but you could tell he was a good athlete. Um, he wasn't terrible. He was not good. He was not like a competitive golfer. You know, well, no, like he had just started. Like he had just started getting into it the last yeah. year or two. Like really, really playing because you could tell like, he was a relatively new, yeah. new golfer as far as actually playing. TA 3s caddy Brack is not a golfer. Just yeah, just like carries just pro jock. Just carries a bag. Lives in Alabama. So he's a bag ape. Yeah, he's just like yeah, man. I'm just you know this is. Carries a bag and taps down spike marks. Yeah, for sure. He's a good guy. Uh, yeah, my question is for um, Mr. Uh, Dennis Pajowski. What are you doing to be proactive to make sure that you can maybe gain a couple strokes during this quarantine on your handicap? I'll take my answer offline. Thanks. Well, I, I, I appreciate DJ's not here, but I think we can cover this I appreciate for somebody bringing that up. Yeah, I think we can cover this for him, you know. Um, I think it, he's doing exactly what it, what he should be doing, not playing golf. And everyone that's playing golf, hitting the raised cups, is lowering their handicap. Those, His handicap those count up. for handicap purposes? USGA. Oh, that's gross. The raised cups suck. 
Like I refuse to play. It's, I it's, don't know. I'm, I'm I, with you. It's better than nothing. I have. I enjoyed my round. I played last week and I enjoyed the round thoroughly. Even with the raised cups, I thought it was like classic. Hey, if we're making too many birdies, if we're having too much fun, I'm like, making less birdies. I can't make any putts with the raised cups because <laughs> I don't like to hit it hard. I like to die. Well, maybe in. that's a good lesson for you. Maybe you need to start, you know, pay, more pace. What if the opposite of that is instead of having too much fun, what if you just don't have enough fun? That's where I'm at. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to DJ. <laughs> yeah, back to DJ being a sandbagger. You know, it's it, like it's it's not even. It's not even round to round. It's like within the round where DJ has 10 or 11 or 12 really, really solid holes. And then he goes out, you know, you get to 14 and you get to 15. And all of a sudden he just can't get off the tee. And, you know, he makes he makes a, two or three doubles in a row. And all of a sudden a 76 turns into an 83. If he could play from where you play, like how straight you are off the tee. Like he doesn't hit it far and he doesn't hit it straight. Not but, to not to sit here and roast him because he's not here, but like he's a good iron player, he's a good chipper, he's a good putter. He just doesn't get off the tee. So many putts it's from more like so twenty he, feet. Sometimes mid round when he has it going, he'll just like start like tinkering with his swing. That's the thing; he can't get out of his own way with yeah. like just committing to a shot. Oh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna carve this around. I'm like, what? Just hit. But sometimes when he's thinking that way, that's when he's playing his best. When he's executing that stuff, but then it's like he doesn't. It's almost like he doesn't stick to that same game plan. He like yeah. tries to either. He claims he gets bored and needs to like carve a wedge yeah. from one ten <laughs> instead of just hitting a straightforward gap wedge, which is, uh, yeah. Whenever we're like paired up, my like, I just like wait, what? What are you gonna try to do here? And why? It's like no, you know what? I get really bored when I play like shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we give him shit for sandbagging, but like the point I always make about our handicaps is none of us would let each other get away with either a vanity or a sandbagging handicap. Like we all play and gamble and bet with each other all the time. Like no one would, no one comes out a consistent winner in any of it. I wouldn't say, and I have no issues with anyone's handicap either way. Like it, shit fluctuates, and like the way shit gets edited, it we can either be a vanity or a sandbagger on a certain day. It's amazing how everyone in real life will like talk to each other about how hard golf is, and then like on YouTube, it's oh he hit that shot, he can't. There's no fucking way he's a two. Like Tron's a two point one. Are you kidding me? That guy's a, a seven at best. It's like well, I mean I've played a lot of golf with Tron. I feel pretty confident in his handicap, but. It's like God. People just like lose their minds or incapable of understanding I, up and downs of golf. I go on binges too, where I'll, I'll yeah. like I'll take a trip and shoot six rounds a row, you know, right in a row, 75, 76, 74, Stack those up. Those aren't your handicap for you know four or five months. Like you know, right now I know I've got some some really good scores about to get wiped off. My handicap's probably going to go up to. 4.55 yeah. range. Which and is it's hard to lower sick. your handicap at Jack's Beach because it's yeah. rated like 69.5. But um, I will say everyone's handicap has trimmed significantly since we started doing this, except DJ's. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, true. It comes from just playing all the shit. Like, what did you, where were you at, Randy? And what are you at now? Oh, God. I was up, I got up to 13.1 at one point last, early in 2019. And now you're just seven? Seven, 7.8. What's been the biggest difference? Just confidence, like putting and. That I'd say a little effect. bit more cons- consistency. Just you're driving. You're driving so much so better. Much better. Yeah. Ever, ever since the Gankus visit, yeah, it really is. It's like you're just playing from the fairway a ton. Yeah. Huh? And you, Neil? What were you, and what are you now? I was an eight, and now I'm a three point seven. That's pretty. Yeah. Which sometimes when you zoom out, it's like I don't feel like I'm that much better. But you're like, yeah, I guess yeah, I am playing better golf. 
if you, I still make Mondo mistakes. Though. Mondo, like a, you, you caught like you should be like scratch. Seriously, yeah. like a, you cost your as far as you hit it, you probably still have like negative strokes gain off the tee because because of the penalties. But listen, that's my golf journey, and and I, I choose to take the the road to Hana instead of the uh, the expressway. <laughs> so what what what's a realistic goal for you for this year? Like to get by the end of the year? I don't know. It's it's well, I want to break par. Like that's just you know top of the list, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I really, really, really want to do that, and I think I, I think I will. So. Can't be race cup first round breaking. No, of course can't be not. Race but I think yeah. also if I did do it with race cups, it obviously would be an asterisk. But I think it would help me break through mentally. Yeah. Like I find that golf, it was like when I was younger and you broke through eighty. It was like okay, cool, I can do it. You mm-hmm. know. So I think getting getting past that that mental barrier is important. All right, I think that about wraps it. Um, good catching up on the, the news and everything going on in golf. Thank you, everyone, that sent in a call. Big Randy? Sorry, I had one thing. Hovland's not going to win again because he's got the curse of the oh, that's Puerto right. Rico Open. That's right. So I, I, that. I apologize for overlooking that yeah. at the moment. No, that's a good point. Glad you got that in. Yeah. But, uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining this morning. Thanks again to everyone that sent in questions, and we'll be back with some, uh, some good interviews lined up for, for next week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect a 